This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. The new UK chair of the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, has told the Evening Standard political leaders will be judged by their credible actions on the ground when it comes to tackling global warming. All the decisions we make now have consequences. Climate change is a cumulative problem. It's a chronic disease of the planet, as it were. So the decisions we make now really have consequences for the future. In an exclusive interview, Professor Jim Ski, who recently started his new role, has warned climate change may be happening faster than expected. We, as scientists, have provided all the clear evidence you need to act on. Over to you guys now. It's up to you. He's also a professor of sustainable energy at Imperial College London. But in his role as head of the UN's leading authority on climate change, he doesn't comment on the net zero plans of individual countries. Following a summer of erratic weather events from extreme highs of 40 degrees Celsius plus in parts of Spain and Italy, to the wildfires across Portugal and Greece, to the historic levels of flooding in the US state of Vermont, it's clear climate change is having an impact now. But will world leaders take note of Professor Ski's warnings that change is happening at a faster rate than predicted? Joining me now is our political editor, Nicola Cecil, who spoke with Professor Jim Ski. So, Nick, first of all, what were your main takeaways from your conversation with Professor Ski? Well, I think the most big picture issue which he raised was that global warming may actually now be happening faster than many people expected. So it's long been predicted that climate change would see the temperature of the world warm and there'd be more extreme weather. But now we we can see it before our own eyes, really. We can see the wildfires in Sicily and Rhodes. We can see torrential downpours in places like Berlin and many other cities. And, for example, in Arizona there, even the cacti in Arizona are starting to wilt now. So that gives you an idea of how global change is very much upon us now. And that is one of the points that he was stressing. He's saying... Climate change isn't something which is going to happen in the future in some far off country which won't affect us. He was saying, look out your window, think about the clothes you're wearing, and you'll feel and know that climate change is happening now. That's it. And speaking of the here and now, obviously here in the UK, 
Just recently, PM Rishi Sunak revealed his plans to grant hundreds of new oil and gas licences. What did Jim say about that? Yes, well, um, as the new chair of the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, he wasn't specifically commenting on on any particular country. That's not his role. But he also made very clear that basically to limit global warming to two degrees above pre-industrial levels, this is uh, the level at which if it goes above that, then the scientists say we're really talking about catastrophic weather events and pattern changes um, in terms of rainfall and cold and heat temperatures. He's saying basically to keep global warming below that two degrees, 50% 50% of the current oil reserves need to stay in the, in the ground. So he explained further that basically, if you're adding to those oil reserves, then you're just punting these decisions down the line to future governments and future leaders who'll have to keep even more oil in the ground as a percentage if you're basically building up the amount of oil reserves that the world has. So he says it's a very straightforward picture that if you... You've got a choice, either leave that hole in the ground or you fail to meet the, the goals set by the landmark 2015 Paris Summit, which was really one of those world gatherings which potentially marked a changing point in the battle against climate change, but that's yet to be seen. And on the subject of oil, something else we've been seeing a lot in the news really over the past two years is the protests by Just Stop Oil. What did he say about the impacts of campaign groups like them, uh, but also the likes of Extinction Rebellion? Well, he, he was quite interested on that because he basically said that, yes, they keep the issue of oil and fossil fuels on the agenda at the front of the public's mind. But they also risk alienated many, many more moderate people who also have a very, very important role to play in the the battle against um, climate change. So he was saying he didn't really know that as a whole, kind of whether what they were doing was good or bad in terms of, of the fight against climate change. Let's take a break now. In part two, Nick explains why cities like London have quite a big role in tackling climate change. They can actually also change the way people live in terms of energy, waste, transport, water, often much more easily than national governments do. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm focusing on something very close to London now. Obviously, there's been a lot of discussion recently about the expansion of ULES. 
What did he have to say about the phasing out of petrol and diesel cars and how much of an impact that can have? On that, he, he was very clear. He was saying that basically the switch from diesel and petrol cars to electric was absolutely crucial. And in his words, he's saying that government needs to stick to the shift in, in transport modes. He was also saying that in terms of leadership, for example, Britain has, has long been seen as a, a global leader on climate change with its net zero commitments written into law and so on. But now even the UK's own climate change committee is warning that we may be losing that leadership because of what's happened over the last year or so in government. He was very much saying that um, political leaders have a special role because, in his words, they're they're the ringmasters or ringmistresses of the fight against climate change, but they must be judged not just on their words, which was being just being big hot air, but very much on on the credible steps that, that they take towards net zero. And outside of the sort of big political leaders, sort of focusing down on everyday people and perhaps people in the city, for example, what role does London have in tackling climate change, in his opinion? Well, this was quite interesting because he was saying that capital cities and cities more in general do have a potentially a very big role to play because they're very large urban areas. So decisions taken, for example, in London, that could be 9 million people. So if people are changing their eating habits or the way they use energy, that not only has effects directly on the city's consumption, but that can have ripple effects beyond the city. The other point he wanted to make was that cities, because they're very much a united structure, they can actually also change the way people live in terms of energy, waste, transport, water, often much more easily than national governments do. So so he was stressing that that cities do have a very important role to play and that the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is drawing up a new report, which may take a year or two or three to, to finish, explaining how cities can be very much at the forefront of the fight against global warming. And another thing that is sort of at the forefront of that fight, as you mentioned, is these COP events that are cropping up every every year or so. We have another one coming up this time in Dubai. Did he support events like COP? Yes, no, he says they're, they're important gatherings. Some are more important than others because you, you have kind of landmark ones every five years or so. The Paris 2050 Climate Change Conference, that is seen as absolutely key. We we had um, the Glasgow Conference up in Scotland, and that was, again, a a major gathering of world leaders. Some people claimed it was successful. Kind of, I I have my doubts. It it may have made some progress, but nowhere near on the scale that is needed to to actually get to grips with the challenge of climate change. And uh, we're seeing it happen now before our eyes, uh, unless governments can step up action, then things are are looking pretty gloomy. And the problem is that all countries have different priorities, many are in different stages of development, and it's it's finding a way for them all to agree a united response with some countries, for example, wealthy countries taking more of a lead, partly because they benefited more from fossil fuels. But it's it's a very, very complicated jigsaw that you've got to, to put together. But world leaders really need to do that. How much gravitas and influence do you think Jim's words will have on the UK government, for example? Do you think leaders and the right people in the right places will take heed of his warnings in this exclusive interview? 
Well, I think the danger, certainly for, for Britain at the moment, is that we've got a general election coming up. And a lot of the measures that you need to take to tackle climate change are not necessarily popular. And so as we get closer to the um, general election, the worry is that all leaders of the main parties, or and particularly the Conservatives and Labour, may start to jettison some of their green pledges, some of their net zero commitments, because they want to appeal more to voters who quite understandably, especially in the cost of living crisis, do not want to have to pay more for their energy or for their transport. So uh, there is a big debate to still to be had and, and to be won by people concerned about climate change. Um, and also to explain that actually a lot of the new energy forms, uh, renewable energy forms, are actually going to be cheaper than our reliance on fossil fuel. Pick up the Evening Standard newspaper for more news, interviews and analysis or head to standards.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.